And John, guys, thank you for just taking us to the to the throne of God and letting us worship. Mm. Hey, good morning, guys. I hope you know that my raising my voice last night was out of a passion for those of you that were headed off a cliff. And I love you. I'd rather yell the goodness and the grace of God over your life than talk quietly and watch you head towards a cliff. Oh, man, I'm so excited for you guys. I'm excited for your life. I'm excited for what God's going to do. I know it's not going to be easy. I get that. I, um, I went on a journey after I really got saved in my 20s, when I really bowed the knee to Christ, and I said, God, it is not about me, it's all about you. I want to repent on your terms, not my own terms. I want to be sorry to you and you alone. I went on a journey because I'd been raised in church, and that journey was God asking me the question, Eric, how far can I go in your life in order to make sure you stay close to me. You know, what, what am I allowed to do to you if through those circumstances, you and I stay close together? Now, I got to be honest. Um, that was a scary thought for me because... I grew up in the church. I had heard literally thousands of sermons, not tens, not hundreds, thousands of sermons growing up in church all my life. So I had seen the guys up on stage rolling around in a wheelchair preaching with the authority of Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking truth to lives. And it's like, wow. God got a hold of that life, and then they share the story of why they're in the wheelchair and how this is what it took for God to get their attention. I would see the guy stand behind the pulpit with half a face. The other half marred. Wouldn't even, if you only saw one half, and then all of a sudden you saw the other half, you'd be like, oh my goodness. And as they present their story and they share this is what it took for God to get my attention. But he got my whole life. And he only took half my face. I've listened to the guys stand up on stage and share how they lost their family. Tragedy here. Disease there. But God used that to get their attention. And they gave their whole life to God. So I had heard all these, and now God is saying, hey, Eric, um, out of curiosity, what, what would you let me do to you? I mean, we know there's nothing like that sweet relationship with God. There's nothing like being close to God. And God is going, Eric, what, what am I allowed to do to you? 
I'd been married for a couple of years. We had our first daughter, Stephanie, already. And can I be honest with you? I wrestled with that question. God, what would I let you do to me if through those circumstances, I never wanted to depart from you? C.S. Lewis said, God whispers in our pleasure and he screams to us in our pain. Pain, he said, is God's megaphone to speak into our lives. God doesn't promise you a pain-free life. We live in a sin-cursed world. Hey, I was on that journey literally for two years. I would question, God, what would I let you do to me if through those circumstances, oh, man, wow, never want to walk away from you, God. I never want to betray you. I don't want an emotional high. I don't want a, a, a hilltop experience. I want to be faithful in the valley. In the tough times, I want to be faithful. Some of you don't have the ideal environment. Because there are people in your life that are not doing things the way God called them to do things. I get that. I get that. Hey, let me ask you something. What would you be willing to let God put you through if through those circumstances you never wanted to walk away from the side of God? You're like, God, it, it, man, what would you let God do to you? Would you say to God, God, you can take my health if you want, if that's what it takes to keep me close to you. God, you can take my legs if you want, if that's what it takes to be close to you. God, you can take my arms if you want. God, you can take my sight if you want, if that's what it takes to be close to you. God, you can riddle this body with a disease if you want. As long as through those circumstances, I will never leave you. I will just, I'll stay right by your side. I was visiting my grandparents in Imboden, Arkansas. A little bitty town of 661 people. They lived out in the country, had a 40-acre farm out there. I'd grown up riding horses, riding the four-wheeler over the hills, shooting guns. I loved Imboden, Arkansas. Now I'm married, I've got my first child, and God is battling with my life. Eric, what will you let me do to you in order to keep you close to me? I'll never forget. It's two o'clock in the morning, and I am wrestling with God over this question. It had been two years of wrestling with God. I couldn't sleep. I walked outside. Crystal clear night. You're out in the country. There is not a city light in, in anywhere for miles and miles and miles. There is no moon out, and it's like you could see every star in the sky. You couldn't, but it sure felt that way. I was like, wow. It was just... 
And I remember walking down towards the pond and laying down on the road and just staring up at the sky. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, I finally uttered the words, and i got to be honest, it was hard to let the words come out of my mouth. It was hard to say the words. But looking up at the stars in the sky, I said, God, You do whatever it takes to keep me close to you. Whatever it takes. You do whatever you want to do. As long as through those circumstances, I keep running and staying close to you. It's been an interesting journey in my life, I got to tell you. Watching my sister get married. Watching her husband a year later get diagnosed with cancer. Watching him stay in my old bedroom as he went from a healthy 220-pound, massive, awesome guy down to about a 116-pound, frail human being. Watching my sister cry and cry and cry. And then watching Paul David Jewell at 7.30 in the morning take his very last breath here on earth. Most of us want to look at tragedy and we want to be a humanist. How come, God? I had to look at that situation and say, God, for your glory. 28 years old. My dad gets taken off to prison for 10 years. And I want to go. Why, God? And in those circumstances, I had to, I had to go, no, 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 no. God. For your glory. Okay. Okay. I don't know what the circumstances are that God has in your life, but I promise you, if you'll just say, here, he will use them to mold glory. If, if the creator of the universe can take anything that ever happened, if he can take man's sin entering into the world and flip the script on Satan, and say, Satan, you meant this for evil. I'm going to send my son to die on a cross. And I'm going to turn it into something that gives me glory. And I, I promise God can use the circumstances in your life to bring glory for himself. I promise he can. So where do you need to stop being a humanist in your life and start giving glory to God and say, God, this is for your glory? My circumstances at home, my circumstances at school, my circumstances at church, my relationships that I'm in, God, this is for your glory. I don't want to be selfish. It's not about me. God, help me to just give and to love and to serve. 
And we're tempted as humanists to say, but they don't deserve it. You know what they did? <laughs> to which I think God would whisper, do you know what you've done? I've, I've forgiven you. I've forgiven you. Surely you can forgive them. I know what I've been forgiven of. I know I cannot help but forgive anybody else because of what God has forgiven me. I don't want to love that person. <laughs> They're not lovable. You really think you were all that lovable to God? When he died, the death of the cross, to pay the penalty for your sins? They're not cool enough to be in our clique. We don't have to accept them. They talk funny. They don't look like us. You really think you were acceptable to God when he said, here I am with open arms, I accept you? If you understood what Christ did for you, how he loved you, how he forgave you, how he accepted you, you would not help but love and forgive and accept everybody else. Let me ask you something. Wouldn't your youth group, wouldn't, wouldn't your church be a little bit better off if everybody decided to just love and accept and encourage and forgive everybody else? Hey, let me ask you something. Wouldn't, and wouldn't there be a little bit less drama if we chose to love and to serve and to forgive and to encourage and to accept everyone else? See, as Christians, we have lost our excuse not to forgive, not to love, not to serve, not to accept, and not to encourage others. You got no excuse. And when a Christian doesn't love, doesn't accept, doesn't serve, doesn't encourage, and doesn't forgive, they've lost sight of what God did for them. Let me ask you guys something. If somebody gave you $100, what's the first thing your mind comes to to spend that on? I mean, let's not just keep spiritualizing everything. Let's get real here. What would you want to spend $100 on? What would you spend it on? What would you spend it on? Spend it on your parents, okay? What would you spend $100 on? Holy smokes, that went deep quick. Wow. Sponsoring children in Africa that don't have the pleasures that you have. Oh, my goodness. What would you spend it on? Huh? A new Bible. What would you spend it on? Man, a gift from my parents. 
Say it again. Help animals that are that are going through stuff. Help you guys are way more spiritual and way more in tune with God than I was in middle school. Let me just tell you, okay? Oh my word. Oh my word. What would you spend money on? Huh? Food. I'm hungry. Okay. Let me just be honest. Clothes. Okay. Clothes. There we go. That's kind of more what I think I was expecting as answers here. My goodness. Wow. Say it again. New batting gloves. Blow it on candy. How many of you candy would definitely come to mind with at least some of this? Candy, anybody? Okay. How many of you, uh, uh, a milkshake or a snack over here in the snack shack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. How many of you, clothes would be it. It would be clothes. Okay. New shoes. Anybody new shoes? Man. What, what's the latest? What's the, what's the new shoe that, that I, if I wanted to be cool, what would I spend my $100 on to get? Nike, Adidas. Hawks, Crocs. I, I got Crocs that are 20 years old, man. My Crocs were in style way before they came back here. Okay, what? What's the new Vans? Vans would be Jordans. I guess some. This would not buy a good pair of Jordans. Okay, a full tank of gas. There's somebody who's thinking this won't do that anymore either. Okay, <laughs> what would you spend your money or, or what? Yeah, yeah. Straight to Hot Topic? Is that a food place? <laughs> a clothing store? Sorry, I, California clothing store. Okay. You're like, how many outfits would this get you? Three outfits, maybe? Maybe three? Maybe one. They're saying, you guys know Hot Topic better than she does? Is that what you guys are saying? Or, what would you spend? Sushi, how many of you would hook up some sushi with me? Yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, my goodness. Sushi. Hey, here's the only problem that I see. There are really four ways you can spend your money. You can spend your money on things that last for a few hours. Sushi, food, candy. You could spend your money on things that last a few years. Clothes might last a couple of years. Of course, at your age, it's like, Dad, I outgrew this already. Sorry, I'm going to need a new one. <laughs> you could spend on things that last a few years. You know, you could buy clothes with that. You could buy items, gloves, you know, that would last for a couple of years as you're developing in baseball and stuff like that. You could spend your money on things that last a whole lifetime. You can spend your money and invest it in um, your education, something that nobody can ever steal, nobody can ever take away from you, the education that you get. Nobody can steal that, which I think is awesome. I think we ought to invest in what nobody can take away, our education. The fourth way to spend your money is on things that will last forever. It's interesting. There's a verse in the Bible that says, lay not up treasures on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves will break through and steal. Instead, I want you to lay up treasures in heaven, where moth and rust does not corrupt, and where thieves will not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be. So I just wonder, where's your treasure tonight, or this morning? Where's your treasure today? 
Where's your treasure? You're like, well, I don't have any money, so I don't have any treasure, Eric. <laughs> well, if you had some, where would you be laying it up? Are you laying it up here where, where moth and rust is going to corrupt? You know, the Bible says in 2 Peter, the whole world is going to burn. All the works of the world are going to burn, like literally burn. Like you think, oh, man, oh, oh, Eric, give me that $100. How many of you would love this gift right here, right now, would accept this with no questions asked and say, thank you, Eric? Would you do that? Yeah. The problem is, the problem is, The problem is this whole world is going to burn. The whole world is going to burn. Now, here's the truth. Here's the truth. If you spent that on candy, it's basically doing the same thing, isn't it? In a way, if you spent it on food, it's kind of doing the same thing. It's burning through money. You've probably heard that phrase before, right? I'm just burning through money. You spend it on, on clothes, you're still just burning through money, aren't you? Huh. So how, as we burn through money, how do we make sure that it makes a difference in eternity? See, it's not about the food that you buy. It's about, is that food fueling your body to be used for the glory of God? It's not about spending money on things that last a few years, a car. The question is, did you spend that money on a car that is going to give glory to God? It's not a matter of spending money on things that will last a lifetime like an education. It's a matter of, are you going to use that education for the glory of God? It's going to get spent. Are you using it for the glory of God? What are you doing with what God has given you. I've got a question for you. How much would a dollar buy me when it comes to your obedience? If I said, listen, guys, I I'm willing to pay a dollar, but I need somebody that's willing to, you know, I mean, for at least a couple hours, like till lunchtime, till dinner time, at least a couple hours is willing to respect your counselor, treat others nice, you know, be, be, be the person God has called you to be. I'll pay you a dollar in order to be who God has called you to be and just obey, just be a good person. Just do what God wants at least till dinner time. Would you, you would do that for a dollar? Seriously? For a dollar, you would do that. Be good all the way to dinner time. No exceptions all the way to dinner time. You sure? All right. I want you to be good all the way to dinner time. There you go. Okay. Hey, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. How much would $5 get me? I mean, if a dollar can get me, you know, most of the day, like, do you think a whole week? Uh, like, we're talking after we leave camp, going back down the hill and going, no, 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 I got paid for this. I got paid for this. I I'm going to, I'm going to respect my parents. I'm going to, I'm going to be neat. I'm not going to be lazy. I'm going to clean my room. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to treat the possessions that God has given me with dignity 
and respect, and I'm going to use them for his glory. You do a whole week for $5. You're serious. There you go. All right. Hey, how much would 20 get me? Now, I, you, can't, you can't forget once you get down the hill. There's no, there's no like, oh, I forgot. No, yeah, I have mom. I, you know, it's like mom and dad say do something. You do it cheerfully. Matter of fact, you're asking mom and dad, hey, can I do anything to help? Hey, can I serve our family? You guys serve our family so much. Can I serve our family in some way? Can I help out? Can I, can I do something? I mean, if $5 gets me a whole week, how much could 20 get me? A month. Four weeks. I'd be about the same as that. Four weeks. A full month. So the rest of July, all the way into the beginning of August, you're telling me you would obey, you would do the right thing for a month. No, no, I don't think you guys understand. I'm talking about what you look at on Instagram as well. I'm talking about the way you treat people on social media. I'm talking about speaking words of life and not death because life and death are in the power of the tongue. And today, if Paul said it, life and death are in the power of the thumb because you guys sit there and say all these things online. I'm a full month. A full, like, I'm not kidding. A full month. You're serious. You're not lying. You're not joking around with me. I'm not kidding. A full month. One month. A full month. You're serious. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. If a dollar will buy me almost a day and five bucks gets me a week and 20 bucks gets me a month. How much is a hunter going to get me? I mean, that's, this is like, this should get me to Christmas time, right? You know what? I don't just want till Christmas time. I don't want till Christmas time. Could we get to next camp? Next camp. $10,200. You're telling me that for $10,200, I would get how much of your good behavior? How long? 
Can I, can I share something with you? God doesn't offer you $10,200 for your obedience. He gave his life for it. He gave his very life. And said, hey, here you go. I'm doing this for you. It's for my glory and for your good. It's for my glory and it's for your good. The Bible says that we have been bought with a price. We have been bought with a price. Some of you ought to write that in your notes. I have been bought with a price, and it was way more than $10,200. You have been bought with a price. And then then it says, therefore, because of that, it says, does anybody know what the rest of that verse says? You have been bought with a price, therefore, You know what it says? What does it say? We have been saved. That's not what it says. You're worthless. That's not what it says. It says you have been bought with a price. Therefore, you ready? You ready? You ready? Glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your body. God didn't offer you a dollar bill. He didn't offer you five bucks. He didn't offer you 20 bucks. He didn't offer you $10,200. He gave his life. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. During your so what time today, I want you to ask a question. Am I glorifying God with my body, my mind, what I think about, my eyes, what I look at, my hands, what I do, my feet, where I go, my mouth, what I say? Am I glorifying God with my body? Because it's been bought. And he paid a priceless gift, way more than $10,200 could give. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, therefore glorify God with your body. We're going to sing. I'm going to have the band come on. And I'm going to ask them to to sing a song. And as they sing, I'm going to ask you to reflect on these thoughts. I'm going to ask you to reflect on this. Am I glorifying God with my body?
Am I really seeing God for who he is? Worthy, worthy, worthy. Am I really proclaiming the name of Christ in my life? Am I willing to be uncomfortable and share the truth of God with somebody else? Am I glorifying God in my body? After the song, we're going to have the so what time. We're going to invite you guys to talk about this, to help hold each other accountable, to ask, to seek accountability, because we know what happens if nobody's keeping us accountable. We know what happens if nobody asks us the tough questions and say, Let, be honest with me. Did you do this? Hey, be honest with me. Ha- have, you, have you had time with God today? Hey, be honest with me. Have you treated mom and dad right? We know what happens when we don't get that accountability. We just slide right back away. So in your so what time today after this song, let's get some accountability going on. Let's get some accountability going on. John, lead us. Please.